We are always better for it whenever we are joined by our next guest, the great Eddie Johnson. EJ, what's happening, my man? Oh, man, you're better for it. Man, you call me great. I mean, you, you got another man. adjective? Now, listen, got, listen. Got, give, me, give me one more. Give me one more. Um, the pride of yeah, Westinghouse. Chicago public <laughs> league legend. Does that work for you? <laughs> That's nice. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so you I were like that. that. And that, like that means that. a lot, man. There's some good company there with Kevin Garnett and all those guys. All right, so four games with Kevin Durant. What do we think we know about this basketball team with KD? Well, look, first, you know the history of KD, so you know that we have an unbelievable basketball player. Uh, and, and I was telling some people last night because they were so disappointed that Mikel and Cam left, and I just reminded them, look, in order to you know go get a big, beautiful new car, you got to go get some nice, crisp uh, $100 bills at your bank account. You know, so you... <laughs> You, you can't just get something and not think you're going to give up something. And I know it's unfortunate because people had been watching Mikhail while KD was going through his rehab, you know, act like he's the second coming of Michael Jordan over there in Brooklyn. So I, I get it. You know, I get the fact that, you know, you can miss them. But what we have in Kevin Durant is something special. Uh his ability to score, his ability to just grab double teams, his ability to to post up, uh, as you saw the other night, his ability to defend, which I think is an underrated part of his game. Uh, and, and then, obviously, the experience of winning at the biggest stage and being the best player at the biggest stage. So all those things come into effect uh, when you talk about uh, Kevin Durant, and it enhances this team. We lost games, guys, over the last few weeks when we didn't score or we struggled. And honestly, we would have lost last night if, if KD wasn't in that lineup. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty of what he brings, the ability to win despite it all. And that means maybe having a bad game. You know, Eddie, just, you actually led me right into my, my first question. Even though KD shot 5 for 18 and... By KD standards, he, he struggles shooting the ball. We all saw it. No big deal. But the spacing he provides, Book and CP, and then a subsequently DA roll into the basket because defenders have to stay out there with him. It, it, it just changes the entire dynamic of the Suns' offense. There's no question about it. Your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I think I heard a stat yesterday uh, that was the second time this year. Uh, in the games that KD has played, where he has shot below 40%. Now, if you want to reference that, I think Devin is about maybe close to 20 games. So the guy never has a bad shooting night to that point. Uh, he's a career 50% shooter, all jumpers. The last 11 years, he's been over 50%, all jumpers. Uh, and, and that's an amazing stat for a guy that's not actually, you know, back to the basket at the rim for most of, for at least over half of his attempts. So it was a blip, is what I'm saying. That's all it was. It was a blip before shooting night. Yeah, we might see another one, but we're not going to see consistency that way. We'll see it the other way. And yeah, he's going to grab double teams. He's going to grab the attention. Uh, but his advantage is he sees the rim better than any player in the league. With his lethal jump shot, balls above his head, seven foot tall, uh, he's always going to get a great look. 
uh, at the rim. And so when you have he and Devin out there, man, it it's lethal. It is lethal, man. You know, when Devin had to release the ball and went weak side, you know, it's going to, you know, guys that, you know, maybe can't do it as well off the dribble, uh, can't shoot as well. Now, I mean, either side now is lethal for the Suns. And, and that's going to be huge for them yeah. going down the stretch and into the playoffs. No doubt about it. And I look at KD and, and I look at him talk about how anxious he was and nervous he was to play that home debut. And, and you can tell he really cares about making this work and, and reciprocating the love he feels. You know, he went to Golden State and the Warriors had already won championships. And then he went to Brooklyn and those are hardcore jaded East Coast fans. Do you think this environment in Phoenix, this fan base and, and, and the vibe they give off and the way they've welcomed KD is something that he's been looking for his whole life. Maybe didn't even know he was looking for. Do you think this pairing of Phoenix, Arizona, and KD might be exactly the match he was looking for? Yeah, I believe so. I think, you know, when he's in Oklahoma City, he can pretty much make it as similar to Oklahoma City, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I think, you know, and you think about it. I mean, he left OKC, he went to Golden State, uh, then he leaves Golden State, he goes to Brooklyn. And then it comes to Phoenix. And, and so, you know, he's played in some tremendous places with very good fan bases. Uh, and I think coming here to Phoenix uh, and just seeing the reception that he's gotten uh, had him in a special, you know, a special way. And in that special way, you want to perform. You know, you want to show. You want to to give them what they expect. And he was long on a lot of his shots. And this is coming from a shooter, right? You know, if I'm going to be off in a game, I want to be long. I want to be short. Because when you're short, the ball's not going to go in most times. 99% of the time, it's not. But when it's long, you can make the adjustment. And he made the adjustment late in the game. He hit the three. Uh, and, you know, so everybody goes through that. Uh, and it's good that, you know, he had butterflies. You know, it lets people know that he loves the game. Mm-hmm. It lets people know that he loves where he is. And if you don't have butterflies, guys, you know this. I mean, I'm sure before you all came on the show today, yeah, butterflies. You was like, oh, I got to have my stuff down. I got to make sure I'm right. DJ's coming on. You know, I don't want him critiquing me. You know, I'm getting, hey, after you guys, I'm getting ready to go to a, uh, 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 a policeman's retreat, okay? So you're going to have, like, maybe, I don't know, 60 of the top uh, police, uh, police, uh, police, police, uh, captains there at this retreat. And I'm going to go in there, and I have to go motivate them. Okay, really? wow. Like, I have, like, so right. in the retreat, I got to go in there and actually give them a 40-minute motivational speech. Okay. All right. You don't think I'm not nervous about that today? <laughs> I am nervous, but you know what? I'm ready for it, right? And, and so I think if, if, when you're not that way, then you don't have success. And that's the way I look at it. And, and I love the fact that Kevin Durant after the game uh, the other night said, hey, you know what, man, I have some butterflies. I, I really wanted to do well. They're not kind of rush things. And, and you want to see that, especially from a guy that's won championships, a guy that's been in this league a long time, uh, a guy that has already sealed his legacy. And I love what he said the other day. He said, I'm not chasing legacy. He doesn't have to. He's already, he's already put a, an exclamation point on his legacy. And I love hearing that from him. Now it's just all about winning. It's all about giving Devin Booker and Chris Paul an opportunity and, and, and DeAndre Ayton an opportunity to taste what he had. 
and what he has. And he has two championships, and I love that. Hey, Eddie, let's real quick talk about this game tonight. I was just talking to some people in Denver. They they expect Jokic and Murray to not play tonight, but you never know. Uh, we've seen coaches do this in the past. You know, sick guys uh, before a potential playoff matchup so the other team might not be able to get a mental edge. Like, uh, yeah, we're not going to let you beat us at full strength because we don't want you to get the mental edge on us going into the playoffs. Do you think the Nuggets might... Might be thinking that way, like we're gonna we're gonna sit Jokic and Murray, so you guys don't beat us tonight at full strength. We don't want you getting that mental edge on us tonight in Phoenix. Well, well I think it, you know I think it's on their list, but I don't think it's that high on their list because I think they already know that we feel like we can beat them. So, but I, I, I it's on the list, yeah, without a doubt. You can get a psychological edge and you know and walk away and. You know, it's a back-to-back, you know, and, and so, you know, they're going to be a little fatigued coming in here uh, and, and get the best of them. Yeah, I, I could see that. Sort of like what Boston, you know, did to Milwaukee. Milwaukee pretty much, you know, run the gamut. They, you know, they're probably going to wind up the best record this year, and they got blown out. They looked like they couldn't even play last night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's going to give Boston an edge when they see them again. So, yeah, I agree with that, but also look at it this way. You know, season is winding down. Uh, Denver has pretty much done what they needed to do, right? And get the best record, although they're flirting with it if they keep losing. I'm right. <laughs> but, you know, and now the key is for them is what? Make sure they're healthy, right? Because that that's the most important. Jokic could be saying, hey, I want to keep chasing the MVP. I want to keep competing against MB to get it. He's won two in a row, and he, had, he hasn't really lived up to the success of it by going deep into the playoffs the last two years. And that's what he wants to do. So I have no issue with it late in the year, guys, when guys have done what they needed to do, and then all of a sudden they may rest, they may rest them. I have no problem with that. I just have a problem when people low-manage players during the course early part of the season. Be an example, because if the Clippers had not low-managed Paul George and Kawhi the way they did all year, maybe they could have the best record in the West. You know, because how did low management work out for them? Yeah. Paul George jumped <laughs> yeah. up and he did the same thing that he's done every night in his career. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. And now he's out three weeks. Yep. So, I mean, that's so how right. great low management is. You're, that is so awesome. And so are you, Eddie. Appreciate you. Good luck today, inspiring and motivating. The cops, the, yes. The police Good officers, luck. all the best, <laughs> you, yeah. bro. Appreciate you.